Welcome to the Salty Investors, episode number 39. It is Friday, July 7th. Yep. How are you? First week of the new financial year, Tim. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Got Yourself? Op optimistic about the upcoming year. <laughs> I mean, everything's looking up. RBA's on hold. I mean, what could go wrong? Uh, yeah. Just saw a cap rate on some property at um, Campbelltown at 1.25%. Imagine collecting that oh, as, you, as you yield on your commercial <laughs> property. Oh, God. And, you know, yeah, exactly at the time when we need more building to be done, um, there's no incentive to build anything. How about that? Um, yeah. Well, let's get straight into the salt, and I will kick it off because mine's got a little bit to do with uh, building and lack yeah. of building. Um, so this week, Roy Morgan came out with their 2023 wealth report, which showed that the lowest half of the population, who of course are primarily renters, saw their wealth rise by just 1% between March 2020, pre-COVID, and March 2023, compared to a 7% rise across the broader population driven by, you guessed it, the rising value of owner-occupied homes, which increased 43% over the same period. Um, and, you know, so there's this just growing divide, throw in the stupidity of Labor's policy of funneling more people in. The, I mean, there's this uh, bifurcation, I think, in our economy. Uh, people who own their own homes or have got a small manageable mortgage doing just fine, and the rest are really doing it tough. You know, just to give you a flavour, rents are up in Sydney year over year, 12.9%, Melbourne 12.6%, Brisbane 10.6%, Perth 13.4%. And, um, yeah, El uh, Albo's um, my immigration policy, just going to make that worse. Yeah. Oh, I was looking at the rents. Um, I think CoreLogic put them out in Sydney. Yeah. The median is 600 bucks a week. So if you do a 30%, you know, that's the, what you should be, maximum you should be spending on your rent. Yeah. The household's going to bring in a hundred grand. Like, yeah. <laughs> or if you've got a government job, both of you got government jobs or whatever, but yeah. crikey. Where, that's... Where, where'd you say that was? Where'd you say that was? Sydney. Did you say? Core logic. Oh, right, because I've got, I've got the core logic stuff up here now. Okay. Because um, that's what I was reading off those um, increases in rents. Yep. The median rent in Sydney is now $733. Okay. So uh, the, I think you might have been the combined capital oh, cities combined. Might be, yeah. was $617. Okay. Right? Yep. So Sydney's a – I mean, actually, the median rent in Brisbane is higher than the median rent in Melbourne, would you believe? Yeah, and um, you can't even escape to the regional areas. Like – <laughs> you look at Darwin; it was five hundred and something dollars. Like you're going, you're in the middle of nowhere. And you... Yeah. See, the the, comp the combined capital cities are six hundred and seventeen dollars. The combined regionals are five hundred and seventeen dollars. That's it's not exactly cheap, is it? Five hundred no. is the median rent in a regional area. Uh, yeah. So, and but of course, if you live in Canberra, where a lot of the people don't have to pay rent, their rents are down three percent over the last twelve months. Uh, oh. At least someone's, yeah, a third of the population is doing well, like you said, but, yeah. you know, they're no own their own home, but the rest of it got huge mortgages. Two thirds have got huge mortgages or renting and they're screwed. And yep. just can't see any, any change to it. Everyone's just accepting it now. And it's like, well, we're in yeah. for a, a few rough years. <laughs> like, the new normal. It's yeah. The new normal. Too. Yep. But, so, yep. 
People living under bridges, get used to it. Yep. <laughs> See more of it. So, uh. <laughs> Yep. You might have to, uh, you won't be able to upgrade your tarpaulin for another 12 months. <laughs> yeah. Living large. Yeah. Um, mine. So what do you? Yeah. Mine's similar. Yeah, it's sort of like cost of living pressure. I'm like, oh, mm. who are some of these bastards that got us in, into this place? And I'm thinking, oh, remember that caged eggs thing? Like they got rid of that. You know, Coles and Woolies, you know, they want to get rid of caged eggs. You know, all these couple of activists get in there and say, hey, like, mm-hmm. you know, we're sick of you choosing caged eggs. We want to just, you know, tell you that you can't buy them at all. And now the cost of living's gone up and, you know, all these poor people, especially in my neighbourhood, like, you can see them, they're cutting down on their meat purchases. There's heaps of meat, but there's never any mm. eggs. Because <laughs> so, <laughs> eggs are only still only about... $7 a kilo, $6.50 a kilo compared to meat, mm. which is a lot more expensive. And you can see people substituting already. Um, and eggs are great. They've got heaps of vitamins, bioavailable, you know, mm. kids sort of eat them. Um, you can put them in a lot of dishes, but yep. they've sort of screwed the, the lower end of the market like they always do. You know, people who make these decisions, obviously they don't care. They don't buy caged eggs. They don't need to make that decision where they need to find an extra 10 or $15 a week. Um, and it's just a bit ironic now that, you know, these people are just hiding. Um, you know, where are they now? Like, are they helping out yeah. these people that are, you know, trying to find this 10, 15, 20 bucks a week? No, probably not. They feel virtuous uh, having, <laughs> you know, once again in triumphed in social justice. Um, you know, it, yeah, look, used to be able to have bacon and eggs. Now it's just eggs. Sorry, it's eggs. Uh, meat, meat's too expensive, but you can still afford the eggs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I just, you know, I just, these people think they've got brilliant ideas and then when it gets tough, they're just nowhere to be found, you know, and then yeah. make all these rules for other people to abide by. Yeah, you could always choose if you wanted to buy caged eggs or not, you know, it wasn't like forcing you to buy them and you had to buy them. Like you had a range to pick from. But no, no, no. Just, just, just on that, I, I think this week, just another way to smash um, the poor or not even the poor, but just, you know, the lower half of society is um, I think this week there's well, coming into effect soon. There's an increase in excise on alcohol and tobacco. Which <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> is, yeah, Oh yeah. Why not? You know, because, you know, we've got to raise revenue somewhere. We might as well raise it from the people who are doing it the toughest. <laughs> yeah, and fuel excise just keeps ticking up and the GST on the fuel excise just keeps ticking over. Like, yep. Um, yeah, it sucks to be poor, doesn't it? Like, yep. fucking hell. Like... But, you know, I mean, thankfully we have a prime minister who grew up in a housing commission home <laughs> with a single mum. So he knows, he understands all of that. Uh, he's, you know, uh, he's woke to the uh, the problems of the lower half of society. Um, yep. uh, you know, I increasingly think that Albo's actually has a disdain for his past, even though he likes to bring it up. He, I think he's disgusted by it, and uh, he, uh, that's why he doesn't actually give a shit about the poor. Yeah, well, the haircuts <laughs> and the suits, you know, sort of. Yeah, and the chinos, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't know. But yeah, it's not looking good, but yeah, I think, like you said, it's bifurcated economy now, I think. You're feeling it, yeah. and we've got a couple of slides yeah, more coming than ever. up. Yep. Yeah, so. yeah, we'll get into that, eh? Um, so let's get to boring stuff out of the way. The RBA, as expected, uh, the market mostly thought they were going to stand pat. They did. Um, the usual 
sort of line here that they put out, further tightening may be required um, in a reasonable time frame. That'll depend on incoming data, blah, 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 blah. So nothing really new there. There's people out there saying um, this is it. They're done, um, which means, uh, geez, look out Australian dollar. If the Fed keeps rising, we're sit. Uh, Jesus Christ, we'll be... Hammond, you know, we'll yeah. be below fifty cents on the on the U.S. dollar. Um, the market, the the futures market, still says there's at least one rise, possibly two, because they're projecting what about four point five five, which is about thirty. What is it? Forty five basis points. So it's almost two rises, two twenty five basis point rises. That's what the market's saying. I mean, they change their mind like you change your undies. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, who knows? But. Yeah, the market's at least pricing in one more. Um, who knows? Uh, as we see, you know, inflation is the headline number is sore tooths up and down. The um, as we said last week, the the sort of trim mean, the RBA yep. or the the core number, it is coming down. We've obviously peaked, but it's just coming down slower than the RBA would like. Uh, so I don't know. What do you reckon, Tim? Do you reckon they got another one up their sleeve? Another two, or they're well, done? The market reckons they're going to pause next month as well, which yeah. I think is a bit premature, but everyone thinks September. So I, I don't know if it's just the market hoping, you know, this is the case, you know, and they just do one more in September and, you know, it'll come down enough. If it, de- yeah. if it keeps coming down, they might be able to hold and, you know, and just do one more yeah. in September and that hopefully knock it over to a three number and they'll say, oh, you know, they're done. But the problem happens mm. then if they just leave it there and then it, ticks back into a four number. If I hear transitory one more time, you know, like <laughs> I'm going to lose my uh, mind, like, and surely Phil won't, you know, no one's going to buy that crap the second time yeah. around. Like, so. Well, I think the only, the only thing that's transitory is the, is the people that said it would be transitory. They've become transitory, but no, nothing else. Um, <laughs> yeah, Cause yeah. it's pretty obvious that transitory was being bandied around in 2021. You know, it's, and we're, yeah, three, twenty-three. Yeah. Next year, we're still going to have inflation year over year at over four percent, and uh, yeah, we should note there that it, as far as economic pain is concerned, uh, no one's forecasting interest rate cuts till well mm. into next year. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, and we're still we're still in the midst of. I mean, this quarter, last quarter, I think was the peak, and but this quarter, there's still a hefty number of people going from low fixed rate mortgages mm. to uh, variable rates as well. That's that stuff's still going on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, more fun ahead as we, as we predicted. Uh, this is also from Roy Morgan um, this week. We put up this chart before um, it's got a bit worse. <clears throat> as you can see, the, the gray is um, people that are at risk, mortgage stress Um extremely at risk is the red. So it's not as bad as it was in the GFC. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, September 2011, it's not even that bad. Um, Macro Business did a sort of a, they put up another chart yesterday that showed if the RBA does go two more times, that that number, that 28.8 number where we're at now will go to 30. That's if the RBA goes two more times. Um, and the other thing I think you should note is that in the going into the GFC, what's the difference here? What was it? Why was the GFC worse? Probably because going into the GFC, unemployment in Australia was about 4.2%. We came okay. out the other side 
five at five point five, right? Wow. So we had we had, I mean, and yeah. You know, to be fair, Australia did relatively yeah. very well compared to the rest of the world. I mean, you had over ten percent unemployment in the US, but that increase in unemployment with you know one and a bit percentage points um, uh, move that would have been um, you know at least partly responsible for that number that you see there, that GFC high. So that's, as we've kept saying that the final leg of the stool would be unemployment. As long as people keep their jobs here, they can cut back. But um, that number could soar into the thirties easily if we get a shift in unemployment of a percentage point or so. I mean, the RBA remember came out and said um, they'd like to see unemployment get to 4.5. Not exactly in those words, but that's (laughs) basically what they said. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Anything a little bit worse than that, um, yeah. yeah, that could really put the cat amongst the pigeons. Yeah, I think everyone's not worried at the moment. You can see FOMO in the market because there's jobs, you know, there's plenty yeah. of jobs and people are still switching and not too worried yeah. about it. So um, even though they're mortgage payments, like that's only 20% of people that are, you know, really doing it tough there. So mm. one in five people and they're still... Oh, you know, one on five mortgage holders, but they're not worried yeah. because they've got a job. And all you do is just cut back a little bit, cut back your Netflix or whatever you want to do, and, and mm. that's all fine. But at some point here, if it just ticks over a bit more and you've already cut back a lot of stuff, like what do you, and you've sold your boat and your freaking jet ski yeah. and all your junk. Um, yeah. You start getting You don't have worried. to even lose your job. You just, you know, maybe it comes down to losing some hours, yep. you know. You had 40 hours of work and now the boss says, look, I don't need you for 30. Or, you know, you run your own business and that some of that starts to dry up, you know. Yep. Um, yeah, that's the way it works. Of course, most people will be fine as always, but it's, a, it's that at the margin yes. borrower uh, and that can have a, have a ripple effect if you get enough of them. Um, yeah. All right, so this is uh, obviously, you know, all this doom and gloom we've just been talking about. We we got it completely wrong, Tim. I mean, look at this. Luxury vehicle sale. Well, how do you explain this, explain this to me, Tim? Explain well, it to me. Some people have said, you know, maybe it's the Tesla type mm-hmm. issue going on here or the backlog from COVID. There's a couple of things that could be, you know, but, you know, we're fair on, fair way on since COVID. I think some of that backlog has gone through the system. You know, they were only one year wait. Um, So, I don't know. It could be partly, you know, maybe a third of it could be Tesla. Um, Mm. But that is ridiculous. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe if you drew a trend line through there, you'd probably only get to where it is, wouldn't you? Because that Mm. sort of post-2016 peak... um, Yep, we had a correction, and now we're off to the races again. Do you think? Do you think this is more evidence of the bifurcation that the people at the top end are doing just fine? House prices have gone up; uh, they've still got their jobs. Uh, everything's rosy um, for them. Yeah, so well, why not? It'd be nice to outing? see the the bottom end of the market. You know, what what's the Camry doing, or you know, a Hyundai, yeah. I, you know, a Getz or something? How well are they selling? You know, compared to brand new versions compared to second hand. I don't know. Like, yeah, just doesn't, doesn't seem. Yeah. It, just, it feels like that it's bifurcated. Like if you've mm. got assets, you know, you'd be feeling pretty good now. <laughs> like if you've had real estate and stocks, yeah. you know, you 
you know, that's where all the money's gone. Yeah, there's no, yep. it's not caught inflation in those things, you know, like they don't really get counted. So, <laughs> yeah. so, but yeah, if you feel rich, you're going to spend big. And, you know, if it was going in the other mm. direction, you didn't feel rich, you wouldn't be buying a luxury car. That's what I think. But, well, mm. he, he, here's an interesting one. I got an Amazon delivery the other day and the bloke pulled up in a BMW to deliver it. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> it, was, it was, admittedly, it wasn't a new BMW. It okay. was, uh, at least five or six years old, but yeah, that, that's a new one. So but that's concerning BMW as well. Drivers. Like rich people just yeah. put them on the secondhand market that normal people can buy them because they've got mm. that much coin that they can buy the latest model. And they don't really care yeah. what they get the secondhand value for them because they want, you know, so a bit concerning for society when you've got one part of it just flying away, you know, um, low interest rates, you know, like all this sort of stuff that's going on, you know, mm. um, for a long period of time and this is the results you get like i remember back in 2000 i thought what a stupid model to, why would you buy an aston martin or a bmw or you know a lexus or anything like that you know why would you just buy a toyota like that's just crazy but these dealerships have done exceptionally well over the last couple of decades like way better than you think they would have because yeah low interest rates um just excess money at the top end of the market and they can charge whatever they like. And so yeah. I don't know. It's not very good for society. I don't think <laughs> like, so, but I have to wait and see. All right. So there it is. Don't say we don't uh, uh, present you any contrary evidence on this show. Um, <laughs> we're always trying to second guess our get ourselves because, um, you know, apart from the, um, the false confidence that we exude on this show. Uh, we are second guessing ourselves all the time. Um, but yeah, that's enough of that. Um, let's get into this week's stock of the week and it is exponent. Give us, give us a rundown, Tim. Um, for the last few months, Simon Barnard and Terry Smith have been building a secret position in this, in, in the Smithson, which is like their um, small cap value fund. Um, yep. Currently it's down, 7% year to date, but it's up 5,000% since IPO compared to 1,200% for the S&P 500. Wow. Exponent is a consultant company mainly focused on science and engineering. They solve, you know, really, really hard problems. For example, um, creating a smartwatch to diagnose certain health problems. So no. you can Im imagine people like Samsung or Apple, you know, outsourcing to these guys to go and try and you know, or Elizabeth Holmes. <laughs> yeah, 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 that sort of thing. Yeah, that's got like you know hundreds of PhDs working in this place to try and solve these impossible, you know, and I don't know if realistic type, you know, solutions to these problems, but they get paid to do it. Um, if we look at the shares outstanding, it's definitely going in the right direction. Yep. And employee employees are going up slightly. Price to fee cash flow is fifty. It's seven five to seven years ago it was in the 20s so mm. it does seem a little bit expensive um return on invested capital was just brilliant and it been consistent in the 20s you know going back a long time yeah. um gross margins low but it, most of it flows through the operating margin with the 20 percent. so yeah. that's not a problem yeah. um we flick over to the balance sheet we can see that it's got um negative debt Wow. So, and they've got a fair bit of cash. Cash flow is fairly good, but, you know, it's been hit recently due to the 
massive amounts of buybacks and operating working capital has taken a bit of a hit. Um, we look at the multiples on the next one. Yeah. So this has had a significant repricing, hasn't it? Yeah. So the multiples have clearly expanded here. Um, you know, and you've got all these high-tech companies wanting to outsource and, you know, and the military and all these other people wanting to outsource and try to create new tech. Um, so it is doing very well at the moment. Like me personally, um, it does look very expensive. But Simon yeah. and, you know, Terry might know something here. Um, it's got a little bit of insider selling and the market is a bit worried about it currently due to the, you know, the high wages and, you know, right. and trying to fire them even in the early stage of recession is nearly impossible because you can't rehire them. So right. I can understand the pullback, you know, it's only 10% pullback, but um, mm. yeah, it's one of these high labor type, you know, very skilled type markets. And if, you know, tech companies have got heaps of coin to burn, you know, to build little projects, side projects and increase their moat. Well, this is one of the companies they go to, to to get it done. But I just can't see what Simon and Terry are doing here <laughs> myself. When did, when did they when did they start buying? Well, just a couple of months. It's actually gone down oh, since, right. and they've finished their allocation now because they're keeping it to themselves. I don't oh. know why they're keeping it to themselves, you know, like it's sort of multiples, but mm. um, they They've done it time and time again with these high multiples. So maybe they see a lot more growth going forward, but it's just hard. You know, if you're in the hard landing camp, you're like, fuck, how do you see that much growth coming forward? You know, like surely yeah. you'd be looking a bit of a flat growth from here on out, you know, sort of, <clears throat> yeah. you know, best case scenario, you know, like a six or a seven or 8% EPS growth. You look at the multiple, you're like, wow, yeah, it's insane. It's a but, lot, lot, there's a lot priced in. Yeah. Um, mm. Well, that's the other thing I didn't include this week because I didn't want to take up too much time. But um, all, all ten or is it ten components of the ISM manufacturing index in the US turned negative. Um, <laughs> that doesn't happen very often, mm -hmm. uh, and is suggests that well, no landing is off the table definitely. But um, that sort of points to a more of a hard landing. It's only one indicator, but yeah, you just. That's the thing here, and it's the same problem that I'm try having trying to uh, look at retail stocks in Australia. When does the cycle turn? Um, and actually, of course, you want to invest before the cycle turns, and um, that's dependent on how deep the cycle goes, the, yes. the bottom. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's the same for a lot of these things. We talked about uh, James Hardy uh, months ago, and it's already run 50% um, as though – you know, and it's got a big exposure to the U.S. housing market, and okay, people see that most of the trouble there is over. Yep. Um, don't know, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got to pick a side, and a lot of yep. people have. I see people are selling spy, and obviously they're going yep. into other names. Like selling spy is like a pretty big deal. It's not like you, like you, yep. you, you're saying. You know, I know what's better than the index. You know, um, that's retail. So. When retail yeah. starts doing that, they're they're in a bullish mood. So, yep. but here, here, like you, if it corrected back down into the twenties, you go, oh well, that's obvious. 
you know, like this is the problem I've yeah. got. Like I'm like, ah, it's just, I don't know why now he's decided to buy it. You know, like why wasn't he buying it at 18? You know, well, you know, why did yeah. he build a position back then? It still had great metrics back then, but yeah, I don't know why. It just seems extremely high now. That's all. So, but these guys, they do homework. Like. The yeah, yeah. Like, it's not like me, you know. Like these guys, it's, it's are... pretty safe to say that they they are seeing something that we are not, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I just can't see it. So if anybody knows what they're seeing, I've asked other people, and it's just not covered enough, you know. Like, yeah, um, yeah. Is there but, brokerage broker coverage on this? Or... Oh, maybe I, I just like in my circles, just I asked, yeah. and there was like yeah. just nothing, like no, nothing, yeah. because it's not capital light as well like it doesn't really fit mm. our normal mold um but that yeah, can be yeah. a, a great opportunity you know like staff yeah. is an asset you know i know what sort of normal yeah well i mean if, if it's if it's staff it's, it's it's not like people on an assembly line you can no. just swap out i mean if it's people with highly specialized skills then it's a valuable it's a valuable uh yeah you know, asset yeah. piece of the business to have yeah yeah and you can't just replicate that you know, with AI or whatever, you know, you can't do all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's just another one that, you know, it's good to learn about these things and how they sort of work. Um, I just can't see too much of a moat. You know, I know they've got a little bit of IP and they've got good stuff, but mm. if these tech companies decide to pull back on their R&D spend, this thing's toast. Like, mm. this is going to go down hard. But, yep. but if you know about it and you can see that cycle happening, well, that's when you should be buying it, I think. But... Terry and you know Simon might see something differently. Yeah, phone me. Is it? Is me. it? Is it? Uh, I don't know. Because uh, everything now. Oh, do they have exposure to AI? Which I think you know. This is the. This is a, just another bubble forming that everybody's going to be disappointed by in the end, inclu- including Nvidia investors. But um, is yeah, I, presumably this is getting some. I don't buoyancy know. from that uh, i don't know well they are doing in the apple i think they're doing the apple watch and things like that you know that yeah. if they can add to the moat on apple there like you can see mm. why apple want to invest in this area because it just knocks out samsung and all the other you know garmin and all these other people why would you buy something that's you know inferior and if you could mm. tell that you're going to get a heart attack or you know you got low blood pressure or something like that um yep. you can see why people would want to stick in Apple and because you're getting all this extra tech added in that no one else can do. And it's got, you know, patents and all that that'll get sent over to Apple and adds to their moat and, and Apple have got like cash to burn. So that's why these companies do well. Like, you know, if you, you've got to burn a whole heap of cash, send it over here. That's what they've done. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Uh, we will leave it there, folks. Uh, you've seen it here. Exponent. And uh, we will see you next week.